Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Powered State. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Bailizzi. I am Sam Brungo. Joining us once again is guest host Jordan Mansberger. Jordan, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great to be here. I mean, second time on the pod. Got the backwards hat going. Let's go, boys. Joining us on this episode to talk some college hockey, we have Frankie Marzano, our hockey beat writer. Frankie, how's it going? Going good, guys. How you doing? Great, man. Pod debut for you, right? It's my pod debut. I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having any, me. Any, any pre-pod jitters? Some people get kind of nervous or not. You're, you're a cool comic collector, man. I may look cool comic collected right now, but on the inside, maybe a little bit nervous. But, you know, we'll roll through it. I didn't know this was your first episode. It is. Let's is. go. I'm excited. That's awesome. Welcome. That's so fun. I feel like we've had you on before. Uh, anyways. Um, so yeah, Frankie, one of our men's hockey beat writers. Haven't really talked too much hockey on the pod this year, uh, but we're going to make up for that today with a little, you know, overview, right? Because the regular season is actually done. Um, they played their last game um, on March 6th against the University of Notre Dame. And that was a really bad loss, uh, one to seven, uh, dropped that one in South Bend, Indiana, um, also including a loss the previous night. Um, to make that series uh, 0-2 for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, and while that series might sound too bad, uh, you know, a, a decent season, I guess, Frankie, for the Nittany Lions this year, um, finishing the season with a record of 9-11 with a bunch of canceled games in there. So I guess if you had to give a quick overview for their regular season, how would you define sort of the Penn State men's hockey season so far? Uh, a little bit of a roller coaster. Um Last year, they went from uh, winning the Big Ten regular season, uh, their first seed going into the tournament before it got canceled, to this year being uh, 9-11. and 11. Uh, they, still, they still finished fifth uh, out of seventh, uh, which I guess is a positive. Uh, but another, and of course, on top of the pandemic, another challenge was that they lost uh, seven of their seniors uh, either to the NHL or just to other uh, professional hockey teams. But overall, I would say this season was a bit of a success. Uh, they weren't really rebuilding this year, but they were more reloading with seven new freshmen coming in, or I, I believe it was seven, maybe a little bit more than that. Freshmen coming in that played very well, that uh, kind of uh, outperformed in the eyes of the coaches and uh, other players that were uh, juniors and seniors. Um, they started 0-5, but after starting 0-5, they went, they quickly recovered and went to 9-4 and before their, uh, their season uh, almost ended uh, due to COVID. And then the last two games didn't go as expected, but they all have their eyes on the Big Ten tournament. Playing Notre Dame a fifth time in a row uh, should be an interesting game. Yeah, totally. So, again, a weird season for Penn State men's hockey in a, in a year of weird seasons for almost every sports team, right? You know, having all those canceled games in the middle of the year definitely probably took a bit to, uh, to get back in the swing of things. So you mentioned, you know, this is kind of a young team coming up, right? So what were the expectations for this team going into the season? There really weren't a lot of expectations. Um, I mean, with, on top of the fact that there's a pandemic going on and, uh, and there's a young team, no one, uh, at least myself, um, I know the other beat writers uh, in OS, we didn't really know what to expect. Um, they, I mean, starting 0-5, it kind of looked like it was going to be a little bit of a disaster. Um, but, uh, yeah, they quickly recovered, um, and they kind of beat everybody's expectations after, uh, after the resurgence that they had in the second half of the season. Last season, we lost our goalie that we've had for many seasons before Peyton Jones. Obviously, he's now with the Colorado Avalanche organization. Um, and we had uh, Oscar Audio come in and kind of, 
um, didn't have as much experience. He had played a little bit. He was kind of an alternate whenever uh, we would go on a stretch. But what were his expectations coming into the season? And after a full regular season, how really have uh, how did he live up to those expectations? So audio only started uh, real. I think it was three or four games last year. Uh, but two of those games were Big Ten games. We played really well. Um, but of course, losing Peyton Jones probably with the best goalie in uh, the program's tenure history. Um, there aren't easy shoes to fill. But uh, I think Audio played pretty well this year. Um, there were a lot of games where the defense didn't look sharp, but Audio kept them in the game. And even the games that they lost, Audio still kept them in the game by not letting the lead get too far out of hand for the other team. Um, and he's only a junior, so he's going to have a he's going to have a great senior to look forward to. And same with. Uh, the freshman goalie, Liam Soulier. Uh So Frankie, um, obviously with the shortened season, because they've had been a while since they played a series and then they get to play Notre Dame this past weekend, just reflecting on this whole season, who are some freshman players or maybe second year players on this team who you felt really took like a big step this year, became a more noticeable part of this team? Because as you said, they uh, on top of the pandemic this year, this is a team that lost, uh, like I believe, nine starters from last year. So uh, freshman players, the first one that stands out is uh, the defenseman, Jimmy Dowd. Um, his dad played uh, on the Devils. He scored a game-winning goal in the, two, uh, I think it was the 2002 Stanley Cup final for the Devils. So he comes from a hockey family. Uh, he had great hockey IQ. Um, wasn't always on the score sheet, but always knew what to do with the puck, making the right plays. Um, and then second-year sophomores, Kevin Wall and Connor McMenamin, both of them really uh, – really had a breakout season. Um, they both had solid seasons last year as freshmen, uh, and both of them uh, were at the top five in scoring in the Nittany Lions. Um, those two players stood out. They both had great futures with the team. So then Penn State going on this long stretch then without playing a game, do you think, like, obviously that's going to slow them down a little bit in their development process? And ultimately, I believe at least that that's what's really led to their poor play this, week, uh, this past weekend too. This is they haven't played a game in a while, number one. And then two, this is a really un, unexperienced group of guys, uh, young defense, a lot of young defensemen. Just how do you think that this is going to affect them maybe in their development past this year? I don't really know, actually. I don't really think it's going to affect them in development that much. Um, they did miss, uh, I believe it was four series. Um, but if anything, it could be a positive. Um, I talked to a guy in a press conference yesterday, and he said that uh, – those two games over the weekend were a necessary evil. Um, they kind of needed that uh, to light a fire uh, under their guys and uh, really show them what they needed to work on ahead of the tournament. Um, I mean, before, before the, the games, they only got to practice as a team once uh, before they had, went, to, went over to South Bend. So um, not a lot of the guys knew what to expect, but I think uh, it'll, it'll, uh, they'll learn from uh, what happened and they'll be, uh, turn into a positive in the future. Awesome. So now reflecting uh... – once more on this crop of freshmen. Now that we've sort of seen a lot of them play, and obviously we still have the Big Ten tournament to get through, which we'll get to uh, coming up. But who are some names now that you think that haven't really been mentioned yet that you know fans should really be looking forward to seeing play next year? Like people who you think have really stepped it up and have the potential to really break out for next year. Yeah, Christian Berger is one of them, a defenseman. His brother Chase Berger also played at Penn State. Um, he's made from the beginning of the season to now, he's also probably one of the most improved freshmen. Um, he's, uh, he's gotten much faster. Um, he's gotten more comfortable on the ice. That's at the rest of the freshmen, but I'd say, uh, to the rest of the media and the, and the fans watching at home, he's definitely, um, one of the ones that, uh, that stood out. Another one is uh, Christian Sarlo. 
he uh, scored a goal or two this weekend, or I believe the first goal of the um, of the Friday game. He has also gotten much faster. His hockey IQ is getting there, um, and he just looks way more comfortable on the ice. Looks more like he's been there for four years, not just one. Yeah, and Frankie, this team, um, they're real. Really, whenever you look at it, to me, this seemed like still a classic Guy Godowski Penn State team where. They're going to throw a lot of pucks on net. They didn't have the finishing ability that they've had the past few years to score those goals, but they threw a lot of pucks on net. And then they did still struggle with their back end defense, back end defense at times. What do you think is really to blame for that? Do you think it's just inexperienced this year or do you think it's more the system that uh, that's being run? Um, I'd say it's more, a little more inexperienced. Um, you know, they have a bunch of freshmen back on defense, but not only freshmen, uh, Clayton Phillips, uh, is one of the guys that uh, that transferred over uh, this past year. He transferred, I believe, from Minnesota. Uh, he didn't get to play last year because of the NCAA rules. He had to sit out for a year. So this is his first time playing hockey in a year. Um, he, he still had a solid season, but uh, definitely the year gap uh, take, takes a toll. Um, yeah, they uh, Paul Naples didn't really have the best season as uh, everyone would have expected. Uh, but I would say it was more of an issue with inexperience as opposed to the system. Awesome. So now, you know, the season is wrapping up, right? You know, the regular season is over. Uh, their concluding series, of course, as we've talked about, ended in a 2-0 uh, sweep um, against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in South Bend. Yeah, as the Big Ten tournament uh, starts up this weekend, March 14th, they will again be playing Notre Dame to open up that tournament. Uh, what do you think is the potential for this team coming into the Big Ten tournament? Um, I mean, Probably, you know, postseason hopes are dashed, would you say, at this point, um, barring a miracle run in this Big Ten tournament. Um, but, you know, what, what, what are, what's the sort of potential of this team uh, coming into this uh, conference tournament? Honestly, I think the team has a high ceiling. Um, uh, this year, uh, they changed the format uh, because of the pandemic. They're only doing single elimination. So the most games that, uh, assuming you go through the championship, you'll only be playing three games uh, back to back to back. Um, and, it, you know, it's... Uh, it's hockey. Anything could happen. Um, I think this team, this team has already beaten Wisconsin this, uh, this past year. They've beaten Michigan. So those are two of the top teams in the country. They have, I think they have what it takes to make a run. Um, I'd say having almost five weeks off uh, a couple weeks before the tournament uh, didn't help. But I think that uh, what happened this past weekend against Notre Dame, is this could be their fifth time playing them in a row. Things were getting a little bit chippy. And if anything, I think it uh, lit a fire um, under the guys to really get out this weekend um, and put up a strong start. I mean, even last weekend when they came out, they played their first 30 minutes on Friday like they hadn't taken five weeks off. I think they lost those two games just because they're conditioning. Like I said before, they hadn't practiced as a team um, in four weeks. They only, they only practiced once before they went to Notre Dame last weekend. So I think that uh, as they practice this week and they fully uh, gear towards the tournament, I think um, – Honestly, I don't know what to expect. I, I could, they could easily be knocked out uh, in their first game against Notre Dame, but nothing stopping them from making a deep run and um, winning the championship, which would probably be their only way to make the uh, NCAA tournament this year. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Frankie. Uh, I'd say your proud debut was a, was a success. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. So that was Frankie talking about hockey. The Big Ten tournament's coming up this weekend, uh, starting with a March 14th matchup against Notre Dame on Big Ten Network at 12. Um, now we're just going to chat a little bit, wrap up this pod with some uh, chat with Jordan about the other sports going on around campus. So um, first off, we have um, Big Ten 
basketball tournament is also coming up. So can you talk a little bit about the Nittany Lions and how their season has gone and, you know, what their chances are at this point of playing postseason basketball? Well, as far as what their chances are, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I've been trying to get a read on this team all season. And it's really funny for me because I, I think that a really good representation of how the season's gone has been Seth Lundy's play all season because Seth Lundy coming into the year of uh, all the talk surrounding the team was that it's going to be Isaiah Brockington and Seth Lundy and nobody's going to be able to stop. Whereas now it's sort of been just Myron Jones and Brockington and Lundy just really hasn't been there. And then they go out and they beat Mar- uh, they beat Maryland this past week in a big upset and a game in which uh, Lundy drops 32 points. So Really, you just don't really know what you're getting from this team on a nightly basis. I think you can argue that Hara has been their most consistent player all year. And as far as how they stack up in the Big Ten, and I, I, think that, I think that they definitely have it in them to where they can create some upsets in the tournament and go on a potential run. But if you're asking me if they can compete with uh, some of the big dogs in the Big Ten right now, like Iowa and Illinois, I... I, that just feels like a little bit too much of a stretch for me. But, hey, anything can happen. It's March. And, you know, the Big Ten tournament coming up, actually, uh, it will be the first game that they're playing is the 14th seed, Nebraska. Um, you know, kind of always been one of the bottom dwellers of the Big Ten. Um, but, you know, that's going to be uh, tomorrow is the first game, March 10th, uh, as of recording uh, today on March 9th. That is tomorrow. Uh, but March 10th, that first game, right? Uh, so kind of, you know, a, a decent chance. I mean, you know, 500 teams, you know, have made the NCAA tournament before, but it's definitely not looking good. They would definitely have to have that run in the tournament. One of the things that I think really stands out for Penn State in as far as their chances to make the tournament is just their strength of schedule because the Big Ten is such a good team. And one of the things that makes their strength of schedule harder is that they don't have to play Penn State because if they had to play Penn State, then it would make their schedule a little bit easier. But, you know, their schedule is very hard. And I think that that's something that when the seeding and the final bracket comes out, that will be something that will be taken into consideration. But just, Jordan, like you said, inconsistency is definitely the main theme for Penn State basketball not only this year but every single year yeah and the conference as a whole I feel has just been like very top heavy this year because for a while it looked like Michigan was just going to be the number one site uh, seed in the country and nobody was going to touch them and then we see an Illinois team a week ago absolutely dismantle Michigan in Ann Arbor so Really, from really, I think the Big Ten stacks up as in no specific order: Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, and then everybody else from there down. So, yeah, anything can happen, as you said, and we're just gonna have to see how it shakes out. Alrighty, awesome. So that was you know our little basketball check-in. Um, you know, to follow our nice little men's hockey chat with first-time pod guest Frankie Marzano. Uh, short little pod for you guys this week. Just a couple quick little sports check-ins. Um, kind of following our mega episode uh, with Don King, the director of SNL. Yes, we interviewed the director of SNL, who happens to be a Penn State alumni. Had a big, you know, hour and 20, uh, you know, chat with him. So check out that pod if you haven't already. 
Um, but yes, once again, Jordan, thank you for hopping on again to guest host this episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always great hopping on here. Really enjoy it. I appreciate you having me back. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Pelosi. And I'm Sam Brungo. Take it easy. You guys have a great weekend, and let's hope for some uh, Penn State wins and their Big Ten tournaments coming up. Later, y'all.